0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I have seen yet another way that this show has infected all of our lives. Uh, a way i never expected. Uh thanks for joining us by the way. Happy Friday and uh, I'm thrilled that we're we're thrilled that you're with us. Thank you for listening as always. Uh thank you guys by the way for rating and reviewing the podcast. That that has just you guys have done that. You guys keep this show alive for us, which is so awesome. All your great questions are coming up. Cool car debates. It's a typical it's a typical evening on the podcast except this for the moments before I got on the podcast. This is great. Uh, I, I'm doing the dad thing. I'm hanging out with my son. He gets bored. We don't know what we're going to do. I list, for, like you do, I list 14 things we could do. He's like, no, 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 no. Now, I mean, he wants to play with me, which is cool, but he didn't want to do any of it. I finally listed, let's do something with Lego. What are we going to do? Because all of our pre-built kits are done. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm that the guy kid. that I like to just.
1: Oh, my gosh. He's got so much Lego. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I thought I had Lego growing up. He's Mm -hmm. got Legos, man.
0: Well, but but he and I are fundamentally different in Lego right now because I'm the guy that I want to pour all the Lego into a huge pile in the middle of the room and just go, what do I want to build? He wants to follow the instructions. So So we have everything with the instructions. And that may change. But We have everything that has instructions already built right now. So Mm -hmm. he's like, what Mm -hmm. am I going to do? And I said, I don't know. What do you want to do? We could build something random. And then he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build the show. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was kind I was podcast prepping a little bit and I just thought, all right, I'm gonna podcast prep while he figures out what he wants to do and then right, I'll right. engage. Comes in a few minutes later, he's built you and me out of his Lego people. <laughs> And and at that point, of course no more work is getting off. done.
1: You know, the hair you plug onto the top of the head. He he left that off. I <laughs> I, I noticed that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, but he was first time he came in with hair, for me it was the hair off a girl. <laughs> so I was like, Thanks. Thanks. This is good. Awesome. So so yeah, so he built you and me as as Lego people, and then he wanted to pose them in front of a car. So then I started taking photos that I started sending to you, and yeah. then, it, then it just spiraled from there. At one point, there's a photo with Everybody that worked with us on American Original, which is Chance and Edgar and Ben and you and me, all posing in front of a car with my son in the background, all in Lego. Um, You may need to post this
1: now that you've described it. I think think I'm going to have to. People might need to see this.
0: Including at the last minute before we started this podcast, we had to build, at his request, the podcast playset. So we have us podcasting (laughs) as well. So you can have that image burned into your brain for the rest of eternity, uh, so we probably should share those, but uh, welcome to the podcast. It is not coming to you courtesy of Lego, even though I've already lived it once in Lego.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, now we need to make a stop-motion complete episode with us in the cars and showing the shooting, and oh, you know no. we, we build the cars, and it's all stop-motion oh, no. of 30 minutes of an episode. You know that's coming at some point. It's, it's going to be the oh, caricatures you- of us.
0: You have just hurt me. Uh-huh. I I, uh-huh. I am, I am horrified coming. at the amount of work that is. You, like... you have you you truly have no idea how much work stop motion is. It's like a year and, you, and a half to make even three fathom.
1: minutes. Right? It's something like that. You,
0: you can't even fathom that. Will be <laughs> I, I will be like bearded and forty years older when that's when that's over. I, that will be all I'll do for the next few decades. But anyway, yeah.
1: Seriously, yes, guys. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. We do have a couple of uh, cool meetup questions. But by the way, Pilgrimage 2019 is closing soon, and thank you to all of mm-hmm. you that have signed up and are going with us. We're extremely yeah, excited. We are going to have a call, a Skype call between all of us, so you can all meet mm-hmm. and uh, totally, see yep. each other's faces and kind of get to know each other a little bit, and then we'll just give you more details and get you even more mm-hmm. excited. So that is coming, and uh, there's there's still a short, short window of time at this point. But otherwise, yep, we're got, we're
0: roaring towards yeah, a the deadline. Over a week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little over a week, you can still get in there. We can still get cars. We can't guarantee your perfect car as much as we could a few weeks ago, but, yeah, right, uh, but right, we're right, going right. to do everything we can. Luckily, we're still far enough out with our RSR friends that we'll probably do well. They we have a great list of cars, an even better list of instructors, so it's going to be so much fun. I'm already excited, and it's months and months away. I know.
1: By the way, did you see that Alpine A110S that just dropped?
0: Guy. Don't, don't, don't do not don't this. Yeah. I, 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 uh. I, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, mm-hmm. all right. So the meetup questions. First of all, from Chuma the Puma, asking, "Will there be a Southwest meetup?" He says Dallas is a drive from Utah and Georgia. Apparently, we need to have one in it Dallas. Is. I mean, we need to have one well, kind of Texas center sure. of the country and you know draw a line somewhere. We
0: and, we uh, need to that do. To happen. I was on I was on Discord earlier and folks were talking about uh, you had mentioned in passing Coda in Austin and that's on my personal shortlist too. We oh, we need yeah. to just do Austin. We need to do Track Day at Coda. There's some good roads in the hill country around Austin. I remember them from climbing in that area. So there's some good roads in that area. Great food. Austin's oh, yeah. an awesome town. We can just add ourselves to the traffic, of which there is much. No But kidding. Uh, we should do an Austin meetup because the folks from Dallas and Houston could all roll in. That could be cool. Actually, well, Houston is one of our bigger cities as far as listenership is concerned. So yeah, that's true. You guys, true. for sure.
1: Well, the, uh, the F1 race in 2019 at Coda is on my birthday this year. It just so happens, and I thought... Should I justify? Can I justify the trip because it's my birthday? How do I, should I, do
0: I, yeah. I'm, the the, only, don't the know. only thing I don't like about it, because I think you going on your birthday, I think it's very cool. Seeing the race would be fun. The only thing I don't like about that, though, is we know this from going to spa, which is a crazy sentence that I actually just said. <laughs> but But you yeah. can't you don't have any chance of getting anywhere near a track and driving it anywhere around the F1 race. Oh, I, I wasn't saying so for driving. No, problem. no, no, no. I oh, was I just saying just for the that. race but and just to you know soak in the totally. madness. Even though I the, get
1: that. I get actually that. seeing the races. is better on tv because of the camera angles and all that stuff we know that but still going would be very cool and i'm just I, i'm yeah, I mulling the I idea but there's no of course no uh, solid plans at this point
0: well obviously yeah. if we find ourselves in texas we will let everyone know because we'd love to see you guys. It'd be great
1: well a, a lot of these other meetups have come about during our travels during our shoots and we've thought should we do we you know do we have mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. and if we yeah. do we've genuinely been wanting to do that the issue is a lot of our press cars have come out of California, specifically LA, where we you yeah, know, know a lot yeah. of the press fleet, and then the roads. Because you know, mm-hmm. earlier in the year, we can get started shooting when there's still snow in Utah. We can get started shooting in in California right away, yeah, pulling for press sure. cars immediately. But you know, things are definitely changing for us. We're getting a lot of press cars out of Denver, um, here in Park City, and then you know, for season six, the <clears throat> plans are. Very
0: different than wait, season five. Wait, did, did I just let, say let, that? Word? Let, me, let me let me stop you for a second. You just mentioned season six. <laughs> I, I might have. Though season five isn't even out there yet. I know. Though actually, the first episodes are delivering this week. Just for I'm behind the to scenes cause for pain. All you guys. Really not. I know. I know. But but really I not. but here's the thing. Actually, I'm in a decent place on the edit for season five, which is good. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. We uh, we are actually even more behind the scenes. We are struggling with it if it'll be five or six episodes. We've had some issues with car scheduling for our sixth episode, so we're trying to get a sixth one done. But it might be only five episodes this season. But either way, they are incredibly varied, and the edits are going well. So I'm very excited to share that stuff, which means we are currently scheduling season six shoots. <laughs> Shudder. <laughs> no, it's good. Oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're already yeah, thinking about that.
1: Time. And the the one that we had for season five may just happen to fall into season six, which is fine. But we've got a whole lot of stuff. And it, it's interesting because of the cars lined up. Anyway, I I, mm-hmm. I want to. I want to tell everybody more, but, you know, we, we got to <laughs> hold a few things in reserve because it's easy to talk about episodes and what our plans are. Then there's the ocean of reality as far as what's <laughs> actually right. available and is it you going to come. So, right. so there's, there's no point in saying here's our grandiose ideas without knowing if those cars will be available when we want them or mm-hmm, if they're going to mm-hmm. be even ready to go by the manufacturers. So that's the reason. But I also want to talk to Akeem Nickel. He's in Germany, and uh, I met Akeem... Uh, Gosh, six, seven years now when he came to L.A.? It's been a while, yeah. Yeah. He and his wife were married and they were doing the the Los Angeles trip and came over from Germany. So he's asking, will there be a German meetup after this year's pilgrimage trip? And the answer is yes. Todd and I usually stay a day after just to, you know, (laughs) clear our heads, return everything, get, you know... Get everything settled before we step on a plane to go home. And so usually we've yeah, been holding yeah. it at uh, Klassikstad in Frankfurt. Just go to dinner, mm-hmm, hang out, mm-hmm. low-key. And if yep. if you are in Germany, we'd love to see you. And it's just – it is very, very informal. Come have dinner. Completely. Sit at yep. a nice yep. long picnic table and stare at each other and go, I can't believe we just did that again. That that For sure. really Absolutely. is kind of Absolutely. the plan. So We we are hoping to do
0: that again. It can be great to see you. Really cool. In fact, it's been a while since we saw him. It'd be very fun. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, a couple of fun debates uh, for this one. Got a debate from Tim, who is a recent North Carolina State graduate. And so he has got a degree in mechanical engineering, starting his first job, starting to save up, and looking for ideas for a new car. New job, Mm -hmm. new car. And yeah. then we've also got uh, an email here from Matt H. out in Cleveland, Ohio, who is a highway enthusiast. He's a 26-year-old aerospace engineer <laughs> who loves cars. And uh, <laughs> he and I share this on-ramp drag race delight. And, and, but he's looking for something more than
0: just that. So we'll, we'll discuss well, his debate after he's the break. Got- Tons, tons of miles and big commute to deal yeah. with there, so that, that changes the situation rapidly. But yeah, let's dive into the, the discussion here for Tim, who uh, some call him Tim? Uh, yeah, so he's he's writing in, and he likes to tune things. <laughs> Sorry, that took me a beat too long to get that. Yeah, but yes, it, it did. It's thank okay. you for it's that. Right. It I'm, just I'm took be, me. I'm be moving on a, anyway. A little yeah. beat too long I'm, there. I'm not going. I'm not going to wait on you. But nice thanks for be here. Done. So uh, yeah, so he uh, he likes to tune things. He currently has an '04 Audi A4 1.8 Turbo with a six-speed. I'm going to come back to that in a second because his autocross car is a bought for no money SW20 MR2 picked it up from a junkyard, uses it just for autocross, and he said, there is nothing precious about this car. It gets, his words, all caps, abused. It is just the the race car, if you will, that was bought for no money. This is the exact opposite of the too precious scale. Yeah, this no is kidding. the no what kidding. can we try to break scale. It really is in that realm. So, But the thing is, the MR2, it was so cheap, and it worked so well for autocross, that his point is, that's going nowhere. What's probably going somewhere is the 190,000-mile Audi, (laughs) which is fine, except that his personal goal was to try to make this Audi with the 1.8 turbo from 04, mind you, Mm. as powerful and capable and faster than the Focus RS. Dang. So crazy. Yeah. The... um... The
1: mods include suspension, intercooler, exhaust, the turbo, E85, front brakes from a Cayenne, rear brakes from an S4. It makes just under 300 wheel horsepower and does the quarter in 13.3.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's quite a bit of time has been spent on this, which is actually, which is actually Tim's problem because he, he realizes and he acknowledges that the next step for modifying this car, because we all know, look, every one of you has heard about, oh, well, that's a stage whatever. There may not even be stages for that <laughs> yeah. car, but everybody somehow, in the, whether you've ever heard of the concept of tuning, you speak in stages. Oh, that's a stage six. Is it really? But the, the step that, that Tim is on, he realizes the only place to go from here is tear apart the engine mm-hmm. and rebuild the engine with stronger internals. And he's sitting here going, 190,000 oh, Audi. I don't think I should do that. But I, mean, I get the sense if we pushed him he would.
1: Well, yeah, but even you know, even the car as is, even on a budget, Tim, you've probably been pouring money into it. Even at the mm-hmm. lowest mm-hmm. level, I mean,
0: you, you could go nuts, completely. you
1: could go nuts. And here you are, a new grad and yep. thinking, all right, should should I get, you know, something else to modify? Do I get a new car? What's going on here? Well, the space requirements that he has our hockey bag and stick prefers a manual. Okay. He says, I don't have yeah. a bad commute, but he would be willing to get automatic if the right car comes up. Okay. okay. Now he says the roads around his house aren't very good, but this car might go to an occasional autocross. You'd think <laughs> you know, after that MR2 well, gets jammed and abused. Yeah, this,
0: this yes. might get autocross too. But I get the sense that it'd be autocrossed just for the laugh more than the dedicated autocross car because the MR2 lives in that space. It so does. This is the car does. that I think he wants to autocross. The thing, the, the sentence about this that I find most fascinating here is the fact that he's replacing this Audi, but he says, I would prefer comfort over handling. Hmm. Hmm. And he would like power. He would like more than 300 horsepower. He wants genuine grunt, comfort over handling, and ideally something that he could actually make – Obviously, he's he's a tuner guy. He'd like to make it more nuts, but comfort over handling and the opposite of his MR2 that has guided me completely for Tim, and I may not have gone places anyone expected.
1: Hmm, interesting. All right, he's sent us a list of cars that he's been considering, which is lengthy. I'll try to get through them very quickly, but they do include a lot of the usual suspects. You might think mm-hmm. he's thinking, you know, maybe another Audi S4, the 2012 to 2016, or sure, yeah. there's a bunch of BMWs on here, a 335 E90, yeah. 235i or the 240i. He's not sure if the the 240i is within his budget. By the way, that is fifteen to twenty thousand for modifying or thirty five
0: thousand new. So he's not yeah, sure. Yeah, he just bought a car and maybe. put money into it and went less modding, maybe as much as thirty five. Yeah.
1: He's also got, of course, the uh, the Toyota 86 on here. The twins. He's got a Mustang GT 2015 and higher Camaro, mm-hmm. Chevy SS, Genesis Coupe is on the list. Yeah, okay. With a Our, question mark. We'll, we'll He's get not there. Sure about it, yeah. He has the CLA slash GLA 45 AMG, the Civic Type R, the Golf R, a Boxster, just generic Boxster, whatever might fit. Mm-hmm. Same with a mm-hmm. Cayman, you know, could he get into a Cayman? You've got the Kia Stinger GT on here, which I don't. See appealing to tuner enthusiasts, to be honest, but you know we'll we'll dissect that. And then, of course, he's got cheap Phaetons on here. Can you imagine a modded cheap (laughs) Phaeton? Hey, I got it for five grand, but then I poured thirty into it. And I mean, you you could make it pretty hot. It's got a you know (laughs) screw Bentley parts to it or something. I don't know.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: (laughs) Nine Eleven is his last on the list. So very lengthy list. He's kind of all over the map. But again, it comes down to that decision of do I get new do I get used and keep modifying where do I go and Tim I'm gonna start out with saying you've just graduated college you have the rest of your life to buy a new car plus I don't see you doing something brand new I, I really just based on the descriptions you've given us the cars that you like the things you're considering I do see you whatever car you get next you're gonna tune it anyway even if you got Hmm, new and getting a new car is probably going to prevent you from doing the things that you might want to do because of warranty. You'll Hmm. instantly avoid warranty with the things you're going to want to do. Yeah. Uh, You know, some people might just do brakes and a, you know, suspension or something like that, but you're probably going to want to go further than that. So why not just embrace that and just say, you know what? I've new cars are on the horizon for me. They're out there. Okay. Yeah. But get used, you know, spend Spend the, the depreciation there or save the depreciation and then you know, start thinking about what's my next platform. But I want you to do it strategically. I want you to think, okay. first of all, if I do the next used car, first of all, you know, what am I going to be using it for? You've mentioned autocross, mm-hmm. which is good, but you've also got to make it reliable because this is your commuter. You've got the MR2 to go beat on, but this, is, this is the yeah. car you need to rely on. For yes, you don't know what's going to come your way. You need a road trip to another state, or you're going to take a vacation, or something like that. You need reliable, you don't need high strung, super crazy Mm -hmm. 190,000
0: Audi A4, although I'm sure (laughs) it'd be fine.
1: But oh, you know what I mean? Sure, for sure. So yeah. that's that's where my headspace is at, is first define all those things and then say, okay, do I want to go back to European? Do I want something German? Do I want something from Asia? Do I want an American muscle car? Where am I at? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, you've got a long timeline. I mean, well, we all do, right? We've got... <laughs> we're always thinking about it. So even my grandfather, remember his story about the Lexus? Yeah, he for sure. bought yeah. the Lexus when he was 98. So <laughs> <laughs> bought the warranty, because you do. So... <laughs> <laughs> Just think about those categories, and you know I'm not sure exactly where you're on where you're there because of your list. It's kind of all over the map, but you're you're wanting suggestions, which is great, and there's there's three on your list that I liked that I wanted to acknowledge because they okay. are Good. of of Good. everything you've listed. I think they're the most easily tunable as far as accessibility the Community, the parts availability, the sure, the sure, yeah, you know, bent towards tuning them, and those are the 235i, the 86, and the Mustang okay. GT.
0: I see it. I mean, I, I see don't see it, yeah. you
1: buying a Chevy SS. I mean, you could anything can be tuned, right? But yeah, I yeah. don't see you buying a used Stia Stinger GT and then trying to find you know turning it into something. I just not seeing that one. Even a GLA 45 AMG. People don't usually tune those. I mean, unless it's cosmetic and something else. I mean, they're pretty high yeah, strung to I'm begin sure with.
0: They can be, but it's not like they're they're a tuner darling. I get your point. Yeah.
1: I mean, my other question here, Tim, is why is a GTI not on your list? I'm I'm just curious mm-hmm. because okay. that is the okay, fourth yeah. car of these other that uh, that I've mentioned. That fourth one, the GTI, can be tuned endlessly. And, yes, big you time, know, big time, yeah. <laughs> there's a huge community. So what mm-hmm. do you want to get mm-hmm. out of that's that, good. and then what's your space requirements? So those are – that's the headspace. And I, I like those four for the tunability, for their price. Okay. Even the okay. 235i, I think you can find one. It might be a little bit higher mileage, but that's something that doesn't scare you. And those cars can be probably tuned more easily. I don't see you really in, like I said, the Chevy SS. The Civic Type R, you could get one. It's awesome. But the itch is going to manifest itself very quickly. You know, Mm. even Mm. Honda has tuned the Civic. It's called the R. (laughs) But you're going to want to go further than that. You know what I mean? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm looking at those as still work with those. Because, you know, I, I don't know if you've had an American car yet. I don't know if you've owned... You know, an Asian manufacturer, or a Japanese manufacturer, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the the eighty six, and there's tons of stuff for that. But maybe yeah. you do it in a more creative way, that's more sleeper kind of thing, and it's not so overt. I, I don't know. You know, you just have a new interesting, a okay. new thought about okay, a, a strategy about my tuning, rather than I'm just going through and trying to buy all the best parts I can find. What's your strategy? And this this actually comes back to a thing that you said about stages. When you actually go to a reputable high-end tuner, they're asking you, all right, stage three sounds great, but what are you going to be using the car for? And maybe stage one is for you, and it still leaves it pretty stock, but you get this torque out of it, and it suits your driving better. So again, Mm -hmm. I'm coming Mm -hmm. to reliability because you have that MR2. I would change if you didn't have that MR2 in your life to go thrash. But for now... You've got a good choice between European, Asian, and American cars of all those four. And yeah. now
0: really decide what's what's your next flavor and take it from there. That's my thoughts for you, Tim. Good. All right. I like all those thoughts. Uh, I actually was trying to chase something for Tim that is a very new experience. We're mm. looking at a yeah, little turbo Audi all-wheel drive, German car. We've got the little you know, beat-on but, but is reliable and super fun. Japanese MR2, and then he says this thing in here that re- this really st- struck me in this email. He said, you would, you would prefer straight line speed and comfort over handling. And I'm mm-hmm. reading down the list, and I'm feeling like most of them on the list, I wouldn't put in that category true. But then I true. get to the Chevy SS and I go, okay, see, that feels like what we're talking about. And then I see the Kia Stingers on here, I'm like, that's what I feel like we're talking about. So, let me just <laughs> so touch does the Phaeton, a couple by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Don't do that. Still don't do that. <laughs> exactly. But but I, I want to talk on a couple. You exactly. mentioned the BRZ, uh, the FRS BRZ, the 86 chassis, and you mentioned right beside it, the only way you'd get that is if you forced in, uh, gave it forced inju- induction. Of course you would. Of course mm-hmm. you would. There's great superchargers. Naturally. I get it. I still don't think that's far enough away from your MR2. I want to get you something that is a total Totally new experience. I like your 335i E90 BMW, but I think the play there is the 335i S, if you were going to go that sure, route. Sure, sure. But I'm going to stay with the Chevy SS, which I say I really like, but I think I found your car. Okay. You can get it for your budget. I'm finding 2016s for thirty five grand or less of this car. Huge, huge community behind this car. It is exactly the opposite of anything you have or have owned. But when I read straight line speed, I'm okay with a good automatic, comfort over handling, Dodge Charger Scat Pack. Hmm. That is the Hemi, the 485 horsepower Hemi right below the Hellcat in the lineup. It's below the Hellcat. 2016s are out there. That has the great ZF eight-speed transmission. It has the modern Dodge Charger interior. Is this the nicest interior ever? It's not, but you have an 04 Audi, so you're, you've come a, far enough in technology that I think it's going to feel pretty good. It is an overwhelming amount of comfort and space in that car. It's a huge that, car, but sh- so is the yes. Chevy
1: SS. Yes, so yes. Is and the that's Gaya. the thing. The
0: sh- yeah, exactly. Well, that, yeah. That once matter. he brings up the Stinger and the Chevy SS on those kind of things, I think, you know what? We can deal in this world. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. such a counterpoint to your other car. Since this is your commute car and you want power and presence and uh, an aftermarket community, I'm like, Dodge Charger scat pack, man. Hmm, so, And the fact that you can get the 2016s for your budget of the low 30s, I think that gets it done. It gets you a great commuter. Look, it's you don't have an overly long commute, you've said. So- that's good news. Which is a good thing, because welcome to a new world of fuel bills. Welcome to not a whole be efficient. new world. This is true. But at the same time, also, though, I doubt that Audi's very efficient. With everything that's been done to it, 85 <laughs> well, I'm sure, helps it. But well, still. true. So I, I, I decided, you know what? Let's go big, rear-wheel drive, American car, totally different than what he has. You could still autocross that. It would be hysterical. You'd have tons <laughs> of fun in it. It would feel so different than your MR2. But oh, you absolutely gosh. could. You and, could. I mean, look, yeah. I, you can you can yeah. Google scat pack tuning and scroll through Google page after page after page. True. There's tons of stuff. I mean, you can hoon so and autocross a Unimog, but do I recommend it? Of course it? you depends on your ride height. Uh, the legend continues to talk so. to us recently about the uh, the width versus height scenarios in a lot of autocrossing and you have to be careful that your height does not exceed your width. True. So very maybe your Unimog it would depend. But anyway, there's <laughs> there's various things there. But uh, Dodge Charger Scat Pack is my number one recommendation for you because I think you can get them and I think it's such a great new experience and it does everything you're needing if you're entertaining cars that big but based on your list, I think you are. Wow, Tim, good
1: recommendations here. I, I mean, I, very different from both of us which is, you know, kind of the usual, but I I like I like what you said. I mean, you're right. The cars you listed were kind of the opposite of what you said, but on the other hand, I want you to have a good tuning community too. So that's
0: yeah. that's yeah, yeah. the
1: common thread which I like. So
0: the Mopar guys will be willing to help you. Of course yeah, they are. For sure, for sure. <laughs>
1: Plus, isn't doesn't that car have space to you know hold your beer while you're working on the engine? Doesn't it have that, that car has space in for thing?
0: everything? It does have the fantastic little inexplicable cup holder areas, which I realize are actually for bolts and stuff. But it's, essentially, you open the hood and it's you've got cup holders in your engine bay. You can just sit there, put your beer on the engine bay, and go. That's right. my car. That's I mean, all it's for. You Can really. almost unfold
1: yeah. your lawn chair and sit next to the engine in there and just kind of work. You on almost it. can. Yeah, so exactly. So much space. It's be great. Mm-hmm. Tim, thanks for writing. And uh, as I always say, if you've got your own debate. Or Topic Tuesday, by the way, which many of you are. Thank you for that. Those are the uh, the longer discussions, sitting around with friends. Write to us, TV at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website, everydaydriver.com. And, uh, yeah, more information about all the adventures and meetups on there. We're, we're moving towards those. And, uh, man, really excited. I'm, I'm starting to get excited, excited about the Utah meetup. It's going to be awesome. Utah is going to be awesome. This should be really great. Very fun group. Finally summer here, so we're, we're excited about that. You can actually get the car out.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Awesome, guys. Well, we're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're
0: looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, CarsDirect, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once.
1: Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Auto Tempest listen to this podcast and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need.
0: So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease as we are all the time, autotempest.com is your place to start.
1: Got an email from Matt H out in Cleveland, Ohio, who is an on-ramp mm-hmm. and highway enthusiast. I, I love the on-ramp. <laughs> There's never any posted speed limits on on-ramps. Do you do you realize it's a this? It's I mean, a fair point. It's, it's there it's a is weird right as soon as you enter the freeway, yeah. everybody's slowly moving, and you're you know coming yeah. in at ninety, going, "Come on, everybody! What's your problem?" <laughs> I get it.
0: I get it, Matt. He's a well, but, but it's the zipper merge. You have to be well, going. Well, yes. In order to merge, you should not be going slower than the traffic yes. next to you. Somehow that got missed in all driver training. I but, agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. He's a 26-year-old aerospace
1: engineer. He can't justify buying a really exhilarating sports car because he drives 30 to 35,000 miles a year for work. Wow. Mostly wow. highway Mostly commuting. highway. Yeah. All right. He says now, you know, after the on-ramp, he's done. I mean, I I get it. The the on-ramps are this little bright spot. I I totally get it. But, you know, he wants a sports car or something that feels like it, but he doesn't want a, you know, a loud exhaust drone for 50 miles. Sounds like that's your one-way commute. And he's currently got a 2015 Mazda 6. He says, gets good gas mileage, has a nice driving feel for a midsize sedan. Yes, we agree. It's not especially fast, and the miles just keep coming. He's nearing 120,000 right now. On a 2015, that's that's getting up there. I, yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. All right. Trying to stay around 15 to 25. That's actually a pretty healthy spread. I um, actually, I think I found your car. I, I do, man. Really? And I okay, used all good. your budget, but it's within budget mostly. Okay, a good. A few good, dollars. Good. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's saying you know he doesn't need a whole lot of storage space, utility, but he's trying to have this. You know, balance of fun, especially with the on-ramp, versus fuel economy, reliability, because of the high miles. He just needs something Mm -hmm. he can count on that's going to run. And because of this, he tends towards Asian manufacturers, he says, not so much European, German, or or the luxury brands. Yeah, yeah. He's looked at the Miata. He's six foot three, like you and I are, and he doesn't really Mm -hmm. fit, even though you and I are—it depends on the Miata. It depends on the generation of the Miata. But you and I
0: generally fit, except for the first two. I— Kind of don't fit. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing it's a convertible because that well, really helps. The, uh, um, the the first gen I look like a dog's taking his head out the window, and if you yeah. see me out of piece, you've seen that. The second gen I I never can get the seat right in the second gen. Second gen, too, I too bad. Do not because a lot of people really like those, and that's when the Mazda Speed version happened. The third gen I fit in the best by far. The fourth gen, the latest one, the ND the bar that is one of the crossbeam support bars of the top hits me directly in the skull when or during my seating position, or I can turn my head to the side and drive the RF. So the, neither of these are ideal. So I I, I feel yeah. I feel your pain here, Matt. I think That's you have an extra good.
1: vertebrae in your spine. Do you have an extra vertebrae?
0: I might. I, who knows? It's just yeah, that exactly. much taller.
1: We're the same height, but you just, yeah, your your torso is that much taller. Yeah. It's so interesting.
0: Well, it's funny. If you, if you do, as I do, when you flip back and forth between the two of us in the car in the edit, you just go one frame to the other, it it looks like I'm sitting about an inch higher in the seat than you. And what people probably don't realize is that seat adjustment for us is very similar, mm-hmm. but yet yeah. I just, my shoulders just jump up like an inch. And it's purely it's because of, of torso length. And as a result, a lot of people seem to think that Paul is shorter than me. And then they meet Paul and are like, uh, you're a, surprisingly <laughs> tall guy. Yeah, my legs so anyway, just come into my
1: sternum is the problem. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> totally different issue. So the, the big thing I take away from Matt here, though, is that he really is trying to balance the fact that he knows all of these miles are going to happen. He knows he's going to be sitting there in a non-enthusiast situation. And while he is an enthusiast, he needs a commute car that he can all yeah. these miles yeah. on. It won't kill him in gas. And he doesn't loathe being in. I think these are are, are bigger headlines, if you will, than is it fun? Because let's be honest, traditional straight line isn't really that fun anyway. I mean, my Lotus Elise is absurdly fun, but yet the 800-mile road trip I took to get it home, not fun. Oh, yeah. So this is what we have to solve. So I have uh, two or three I want to talk about that he's kind of walked around, but then I have a wild card that I actually think might be his car. Really? I'm just going to the one. Matt, I
1: have one car for you. It's not often, but considering that you live in Cleveland, you've got rough winters, and you do say you'd rather buy the winter tires than completely exclude rear-wheel drive, and he he does offer this, should I buy the Honda Fit sort of the beater and then save for a second (laughs) fun car down the road? But you keep coming back to reliability and the fact that you spend so much time in your car I'm guessing yeah, you need yeah. a tech upgrade, you need a style upgrade, you need something that is going to run and be very comfortable and insulate you from just fatigue. That's my biggest thing for you. It's mm, just I see that. You know, but yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. still be, a, you know, a modicum of fun, just a little hint of fun. And therefore I come to you with the 2018 Acura TLX V6. Ooh, okay. Like it? that slightly used these 2018s are now past that weird grill that had the band before that it was, you know, the huge rhinoceros horn, but then they just kind of toned it down to a weird band. And then now that has completely gone away with 2018, 27 still have it. 2018's gone away. And as super handling all wheel drive has progressed over the years, it's manifested itself in the latest generation of Mm. all their SUVs and this one, the TLX that is actually surprising. Wow, the like car it. sort good. of handles. Plus it's all wheel drive for Cleveland for Winters. Yeah. And get yeah. this. If you get the tech package, well that's gonna be a significant upgrade for spending time on the phone or, you know, satellite radio, whatever you need. Because your driving situation isn't changing. You're just needing an upgrade while you mm-hmm. save for something fun. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what I think you should do. You should start saving for that whatever the fun car is, but you've got some time at this point to go drive and create some drive homework for yourself. What are, what are you yeah. interested in? Yeah. What are you going to be using it for? Is it just, I want fun sports car? There's a plethora mm. of choices. Mm. You can go nuts. Sure, yeah, But yeah. you need to start going to drive those and, you know, take your time. Because right now, your mileage for the whole year, that stays the same. The winter driving stays the same. You just need yeah. a newer, yeah. lower mileage mm-hmm. car mm-hmm. that is good luxury, good tech, to make your seat time worthwhile. I don't want you to be in a Honda mm-hmm. Fit and, you know cursing our names and not having sure, any fun yeah. while you're dreaming yeah, of summer and dreaming of the, you know, few months you can get your your fun car out. I want you to be in something you can really enjoy, and that's what's mm-hmm. so surprising about the Acura is That SH all-wheel drive, super duper handling, it actually it is, is really kind great. of a thing. It really yeah, is. It really is great. Yeah. And sure. I found a 2018 with 19,000 miles for 26,000, which means they'd probably take 25 and you're good. You're right within your budget. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go look at that car. The interior, again, it's it's 2018. So it is in line with current Acura and Honda, everything as far as tech, as like far it. as yeah. all the yeah, buttons. Yeah. It's, it's quite luxurious. And it, it is a step up from that Mazda in terms of solidity and, like you said, solid driving feel. It's not yeah. a sports yeah. car. We're not claiming that it is, but that's not what you're using it for. You're just yeah. gonna discover yeah. a quicker, a little bit quicker feel in that steering ratio there, and I think you'd really like it. So I think you need to go look at the, the just 2018s and up. But again, what's so surprising is they're in the twenty five thousand sweet spot, which is crazy to think. Yeah. And they're low Agreed. miles. They're eighteen, you know, sometimes twenty-five thousand miles, which is perfect. You've taken the depreciation hit, but they're mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. low enough. And they're just going to be dead reliable. They're going to be great.
0: So Look at you. I, I think This, this is, is my car. Matt, this is my good. car for you. Good, good. I think that's excellent. I've got three cars I want to talk about, Matt, because I think they relate to your story. And two of them you've actually brought up. And then I want to go to my wild card, which relates to where Paul is. But I, I went a little further. So let's see what, mm. how this u- unfolds. Uh, I'm going to ask because of the Miata, which you bring up. Clearly, you drove it because you thought it might be a consideration. So I have to ask this question because you mentioned Miata. Have you driven the 86 chassis? Because it's going to have yeah, more space for you. It and will. It will. In the flats, you'll get 30 miles a gallon. Now, I never saw that at altitude, but the, I, I don't live where you live. So you could get 30 miles a gallon in that car. So I'm, I'm asking. I, I don't know that it's right. I don't think it's right, but because you were looking at Miatas, I just thought, have you at least driven this? Which is why I'm bringing it up. And then you brought up the Hyundai Veloster N and the Civic SI. Mm-hmm. both of which we drove for Season 5. In fact, Episode 1 of Season 5 coming up very soon, first uh, Saturday of July. Plug, plug. That one is actually nice. going to be a really cool episode. Those two cars and the uh, the Golf GTI uh, Rabbit Edition with a little rabbit on the back. Uh, those three cars together. So we've just driven them recently, and I think those are really cool cars. I don't know that they're long-distance commute cars. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the the Veloster is pretty hardcore for a I'm driving in a straight line. It's fantastic on a back road, but it's pretty hardcore for driving in a straight line. The Civic Si is going to get good gas mileage. It's going to run. I think you'd like it. But I think it's got a surprising amount of wind noise, and I don't know if you're just straight-lining it and not really getting to throw it around a lot if you're going to appreciate that car like you could. I'm, I'm thinking aloud here, Matt. I'm not sure if I'm right. Mm-hmm. But all of these things led me to a car... That I kind of surprised myself. Hmm, we actually drove it recently, but I think it's a wild card. But follow me, because I'm going to go somewhere odd. First off, I'm going to go brand new. Really? Because no kidding. these cars are all over the nation being sold for between 23 and 27 grand brand new. The Honda Insight, the brand new Honda Insight, 50 mm, miles to the gallon. Interesting. This is. Honda, this is Honda does their Prius competitor, but it doesn't look like you got an odd car. It just looks like car. It actually looks, it is between the Civic and the Accord in size. It looks like an Accord because it has that hybrid power. It has really good pickup, like all hybrids do, from a stop, but yet it gets 50 miles to the gallon. And it feels like a nice, normal place to be. It's got a good cabin. It's got nice space. This is not a sports car. It's not even pretending to be a sports car. I suspect that your Mazda 6 has better steer- steering feel. I haven't driven them back-to-back, but yeah. I suspect that it does. Yeah. But how you're using the car... You're worried about gas mileage? Of course you are. You're worried about reliability? Of course you are. Thirty to 35,000 miles a year, a brand new Honda Insight, I believe, is just going to run. It's going to be your reliable companion. It's going to be a nice place to be. I'm off kind of in wild card territory because I'm not chasing a fun car at all, but I think that is a really good contender for you. And here's the thing I wonder. If you bought one new, how long could you keep it? How long could you just keep that car, have it run, have it solved, be the miles hero while you save up for that fun thing on the side? Mm-hmm.
1: No, that's really interesting. I, That's very unexpected of you, I, honestly. I like that we both went just, to Honda cars, yeah, Honda products. Once,
0: once, he re- once I saw that budget, because I knew that the Insight was somewhere around there. Once I saw that budget, I started looking them up because the, it's the miles and the miles per gallon concern that really made me go, what can we get in hybrid world? And then I went, mm-hmm. wait, wait. It's got to be the Insight. I mean, the only flag for me is buying
1: new but I'm wondering, true, depending true, on yeah. where you live, and depending on, are there any tax credits or anything? I mean, it's not a pure electric, but are there? Is there anything to be found? I, I guess mm, talk mm, to your CPA sure, or sure. kind of research that a little bit. I mean, that might help take a hit. I honestly, I'm just, I'm kind of guessing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that was. It felt like a normal car when we drove it. It just felt as that, a big, very to that car. For but sure. yeah, yeah. From a you know an on ramp perspective, you're going to be. Wondering what else is out there, <laughs> I think. Well, it's,
0: look, it's not It's not a handling machine. It's not mm-hmm. what it's mm-hmm. for. But mm-hmm. considering his usage and considering also that Matt's sitting here talking about, I'm going to need to save for the fun car. He's not shopping fun car right now. True. And by and the way, I, I do think you need, regardless... You need Agreed.
1: to do save for that. But again, like we've talked about before, figure out what your usage of that car is. I mean, yeah. is it yeah. you know just fun, quick blast and you want something real buzzy because you're not spending a couple hours? Or are you going to be tracking it? Or what are you going to be doing with it? Because you're already mm-hmm. spending so much time in a car. Are your fun drives going to be 30 minutes? You know, because you're yeah. just like, yeah. oh, I just got home from work and I want to drive more. But it's a different kind of driving. I get that. But you got to have to, yeah, what are your requirements well, for that?
0: Well, we go I mean, all of us as drivers and just as humans and as adults, we go through seasons of life where different things are happening. This season for Matt is he's a road warrior. He's yeah, just sitting sure. there piling on miles. And and I agree with you, there might be the kind of thing where when else would he drive? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's just get mm-hmm. in some degree, as much as you know it pains me to go, let's not shop fun as the first consideration, but let's shop the tool for the job here. And that's mm-hmm. where my that's where my head goes. Jumping to questions. Thank you both for your for
1: your uh, debates and writing into us. We're jumping to questions yeah. though. Scott Moss on Facebook is asking about the newer BMWs and eschewing hard top convertibles, great word by the way, for soft tops. So does mm-hmm. that mean this mm-hmm. is the beginning of the end of hard top convertibles? What are our thoughts on hard top versus soft top? I mean to be honest, there haven't really been that many to begin with. It seems very few and far between. We've gotten here and there, and a car manufacturer will come out and surprise us all. I mean, mm-hmm. Mazda did that with the NC Miata. I think everybody was surprised that they actually engineered it and did that. And not in all cases are they always heavier. You would think they are because of the extra motors and the, the gears and, and all the you know mechanics to make that work that would essentially add weight to the car. That's not always the case, but I think it's, it, it does have to do with a space consideration. And I think it just has to do with sales and people's perceptions. I think hard tops are a great compromise because you, nobody can use a knife to slice it and break in. And you know, if it doesn't have a glass back window it goes hazy after you know yeah. just a few years. You have to have really that. quick.
0: You have to have a glass back window. For I mean,
1: sure. most car companies are going that direction, but never used to be. And yeah. it just it seems like just doing the soft top is a very easy way to do it. Now, the good thing with soft tops is structural integrity of cars in general is getting better and better. So completely, yeah. you know, when yeah, you yeah. cut the top off, you just lose all that integrity. Modern soft tops are. Rather impressive in terms of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the the cowl shake and you can watch the A-pillars shake when you go over train tracks. You can watch them just wiggle back and forth and be like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hope it doesn't break my
0: windshield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, but uh, it, it seems like just a public perception and it's based on sales. If, you know, they've they've got to justify it and find the market. And are people going to buy the hard top? Because mm-hmm. I see enough people driving around in convertibles with the tops up as it is. So, you know, I think sometimes it's perfect weather. Why isn't your top down? Why aren't you enjoying yeah, your convertible yeah. right now? That's why you have it. But <laughs> uh, it just, again, it comes down to a sales and the prediction. Can we sell this many cars? Is it worth the tooling and the investment to go do that? Lexus did for a while. The E90, the E93 actually is the the power retractable hardtop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, few and far between. It seems like the 80s cars did that more. Just to have those in my mind that they did that more. But, um, yeah,
0: again, I think it's really sales. Okay. Uh, Cicada asked a question on Facebook and so did Max. Both of their questions relate to the podcast kind of struct, uh, kind of business-wise. Let me talk about both of those real quickly. Cicada said, how long should you expect to hear back after you write in for a car debate? Honestly, it's three, four weeks before you even have a chance of cycling through. So if it hasn't been three or four weeks since you sent in your car debate, there's really – and I don't mean this to sound terrible – there's no chance we're covering it faster than that. It also – you should know – we've asked and you guys have responded and we love all of the emails for car debates. Please keep sending them in. Please know we also get far more than we will ever cover. Mm -hmm. So if yours doesn't get covered, please take no offense. It's merely a volume question. Max is asking about the podcast at large, and others have brought this up as well. Why is it no longer updating to Google Podcasts? I do not currently have an answer on this. I have heard that Google has made some changes to their podcast app. I cannot verify that. We need to dig in further from our side. It was working. After our transition to Anchor, it's been working fine, and suddenly Mm -hmm. at 4.03, Mm -hmm. it stopped. We didn't change anything. So that suggests to me a change on the Google side. We need to investigate further. I wish I had a good answer. We are aware of the problem, but we don't have an answer right now.
1: Yeah, excellent. Uh, There's a question over here that is uh, part of a correction I would like to issue. EWH105 says, hi, guys. More specifically, Paul, what cars... Would you like to put an LS motor in? Mm-hmm. New car, congrats. And I think you might be referring to the 944 LS swap video that we just did. And <laughs> yeah, at the very yeah. end of the video, I said, this is my fifth car. But for those of <laughs> you that know me, I currently only own two. So therefore, yes. what's what's the difference? And the point I was trying to make is that I would own that car as a fifth car because there's probably four for fun cars I'd like to own before that. So I did yeah, not in yeah. any way... I apologize. I, n- in no way it's did I mean car. to construe yeah. that that is my fifth car because then if you rewind, you think well, Paul only owns the Cayman and the Expedition at this point. Wait, I, I'm not good at math, but fifth? Yeah. What? So that is I, that is not what I was trying to say. The point was this would be a great fifth car for me. I love it enough, but <laughs> it's not one, two, or three, or even four. You know what I mean? It was just
0: it's, it's it was further down the list. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But there are yeah, some
1: yeah. of the comments have kind of misconstrued, thinking, wow, that's your fifth car. Congrats. You got it. No, I don't own the car. It is owned by yeah, Jeff Hober, yeah. and he generously let us um, slam that around and you know have a lot of fun with it. So, Jeff, thank you very you much did. for letting yeah. us drive that. It's insane. If you haven't seen the video, it's insane. The acceleration is just, it's lovely. And then, you know, American Thunder coming out the back of that car. Yeah,
0: thank you to all of you that have watched that piece and have sent some really nice comments on it. We had a lot of fun driving it. Needless to say, it was shot forever ago and got involved in in scheduling madness, but we're thrilled it's out. And thanks again to Jeff. I have two questions, again, that relate to each other. They are both Corvette-related. I'm going to try to go fast. Both are from Instagram. One is from uh, Vinyl 99, and the other one is from uh, To The Gentleman. They are both Corvette-related. The first one, uh, Vinyl 99 says, okay, okay, hang on. Mustang GT350 over current... Corvette, the C7 with the Z51 pack, he hears all that we say about the GT350. He's always been a Corvette guy. Would we pick GT350 over Corvette? I personally would not. I love the GT350. I'm a big fan. I am more like you. I am more of a Corvette guy. I would personally probably do the, the C7 Corvette instead. Plus, I like the sports car look of it more hmm. than I like the look of the Mustang. Hmm. Sure, uh, And that's not taking anything away from the GT350. I am purely talking personal opinion, and it seems to align with yours. You must get the Z51 package, though. That car is not worth it as the base car. It's very worth it with that package. Which leads me to, to the gentleman. <laughs> He's asking a, this is almost a moral question. Can you buy the car your dad has always wanted?
1: I love this car.
0: Isn't, it, isn't uh, it really fun? Question, this is a, sorry, great, this is a great question. Great question. He it. said his dad has always wanted a Corvette, and honestly, my dad has always wanted one as well. He, but he personally has always loved the C7. He wants to go out and buy a C7, but his dad still doesn't own a Corvette and probably will never buy one. Can I do this? The short answer is yes, you can if you really genuinely want one. I think you should include your dad in the process. I don't think you should surprise him that you just got a C7. I think you should embrace the fact that he has always loved them let's let's hope best case scenario it inspires him to finally go do it mm. but you can you want to you like the c seven maybe your love of Corvette is because of your dad, but I think there's an opportunity here, and this is not me trying to be hey Friday before father's Day, but I just think this this is an interesting moment for you and your dad to to share car love and if I think if you pull up in your driveway in one that could be a little prickly. But I think if it's like, Dad, I want to buy one, <laughs> I, and you like Corvettes, come with me. Let's shop for a Corvette for me. I think it could be really cool if you kind of share it that way.
1: Love it. Very cool. All right, question from Jayhawk Trev. What crate motor would we like to see a manufacturer offer? Ooh. The example here is Mazda producing a plug-and-play, off-road-use-only rotary engine for the ND, mm. let's say. I, okay, Interesting. Well, we've got to consider. I mean, most crate motors are V 8s and you know they're yeah, just widely yeah. available truck engines or whatever they are. But we've got to consider what it. Why? What would be the business case for a company to offer a crate motor? By the way, I do believe the Civic Type R engine is available as a crate motor. I think I read that mm. last year. It was in That'd the seven or eight Not sure thousand. Not going to go
0: in, but there'd be lots of fun. Yeah. Well,
1: you got to think about okay, what it's what is it going to go in and replace? And ideally you'd want it to be a lighter hunk of metal because the LS swaps the power you gain usually overcomes the weight that you add like the monster miata or the flying miatas right so as cool as they are you're adding weight to the car and you're adding weight where the engineers never really intended and so now you've got to you know readjust spring rates and kind of re-engineer the sure, car if yeah, you know what i mean yeah yeah which is what they do and they've done it very successfully not to take away they just they really have so i'm thinking more you know in the in the lighter stuff we can't have and my brain came to what about the engine out of the new supra what about that bmw engine that's a delightful hmm. engine but what about amg engines i mean Ooh. with a crate Ooh. motor you want the 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 backing for future service and parts yeah but yeah. what about that forthcoming four cylinder crazy the new AMG four-cylinder, super high-strung. It's something like four hundred and fifteen horsepower. I just, I skimmed through some automotive news the other day and saw that, you know, AMG engine, you know, the the last mm-hmm, GLA mm-hmm. motor was crazy displacement and super high-strung. What yeah, about some sure. of those? And you know, the BAC Mono has spec a Ford engine, and others have pulled the, you know, the the small Ford engines, the one point six and little race cars and that kind of thing. But how about AMG engines available to us? That would be, that would be kind of tasty, that's, lighter, that's cool, super that's high cool. strung. That you know you can beat on them. I, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I, I'll tell you one I don't think is ever going to happen in a million years. But I think it is one of the most interesting engines on the market. Mm. And that is that uh, flat plane crank V8 in the GT350. I like the GT350 yeah. mostly because the engine is magic. The engine is, is really, yeah. really good in a car that is very good, but not amazing. But sure. the engine is amazing, and that just <laughs> yeah. elevates the entire car. I mean, yeah, that problem GT350 is, <laughs> you can't. V8. Exactly. Where where can we get that? What could we put it in? I just I, I love the engine note, I love the way it revs. It's got a really high red line, like eighty five hundred. Oh yeah. It's a it's a truly magical piece of metal. And I wish you could put it in lots of stuff. I don't think there is ever a chance anywhere that Ford is ever gonna sell it as a crate motor. I think no. The only way you could make a project car out of it is you buy a wrecked G T three fifty. Yeah, you're gonna have to find a crash G T three fifty. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. We've All got, right. What uh, else? So many more. Oh, you know what? You know what? Hang on. Here's a really difficult one. Do you see okay. the one from Nico on Instagram? I did not yet. It's, no. It's a variation on track Daily uh, Daily and Crush. Oh, variation oh on that. I did. Oh, now I know but what you talking says, about. But he says, okay. Oh, man. You're going to tackle this? He's, you're going to tackle I'm gonna this. I'm going to tackle this. He's picked three okay. of our films. 50 Years of the 9-11. <laughs> which was all of the generations of the 9/11 icon, which is all the generations of the M3, and American original. He's tracked daily crushing our feature films. This hurts. Mm. One film gets a theatrical release. One film gets shown on primetime network TV like a you know, Thursday night movie on CBS, and one film is never seen again. Oh, that's painful, Nico. It's very, it's incredibly uh, painful because it, they're like our children. Uh, they, I, I am very proud of all three of these films. I'm only tackling this because it is an interesting brain exercise for me. Wow, this hurts. Uh, this. <laughs> I can't believe you're actually going to try this because genu- I, I this love hurts. the
1: question. It's just how how do
0: you choose? I mean, I th- I think. Um, hmm. You're still waffling, I think the aren't one you? That, think the one that never – it's tough. I'll go with the easy one first. I'm very proud of American Original. The scale of it, everything we covered – the the number of cars in it it's it is our longest film it's all of these things that's the one that gets a theatrical release I think okay. it would play very well on a big screen okay. yeah and and that's so that's honestly that's the easy one of the three
1: it, it's also that the film that had with, our had its way with us it beat us into the ground oh yeah
0: for sure so let's get that a theatrical release. And obviously, when, when films get theatrical releases, they end up having a much b- bigger life after that. I'm, I would be very proud for that film to get that. So that okay. one is quote-unquote easy. That leaves me with BMWs and 9-11s. <laughs> Ouch. I, I, think, I think the answer is that The 50 Years of 9-11 gets a primetime spot on network TV. And the okay. BMW one doesn't get seen again. Uh, that still hurts. Ugh. That still hurts. Because I, I'm very proud of both of those films for different reasons. Um. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> I don't wow. have a, I don't have a grand conclusion as to why I think I think the BMW one honestly probably loses because it is covering the least amount of history. It is the shortest period of time do you think it's and also so, because
1: m3s are only really known and recognized by enthusiasts, whereas nine elevens are recognized by just about anybody if you're into cars or not is that, does that somewhat in? i mean
0: i I, th- I think the I think it is a tiny bit more niche film possibly than the other two as well mm-hmm. uh, but i'm I, I still really love it i I hate to do that to it, but if you're, I'm gonna try to answer the question and Nico that's where I'm going dang <laughs> Well done. I still
1: hard, still hard to hear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, question from Ronald Harrison on Twitter asking, "What is the purpose of the auto studios, the design studios such as Ital Design or Batoni or Giugiaro? Do they sell their designs to manufacturers or build their own exclusive automobiles?" Yes, to all of the above, but their purpose is to help car manufacturers sell cars. It really comes down to styling. It's you yeah. like the car. Yeah, yeah. You like how it looks. Yes, they contract their services, or sometimes car manufacturers go to them to ask, hey, you know, we've got the upcoming whatever that is. Look into Giugiaro's history and how many, I'll say, inexpensive economy cars that he designed for Fiat, and you name the company. Yeah, Things yeah, yeah. that you never would have thought were contracted to an outside design house and they're monumentally long-time successful cars but ultimately it comes down to sales it's we we want fresh thinking we need we need to inject mm-hmm, fresh mm-hmm. designs or back in the early days you know if car companies just starting out or you know they're more of an engineering company didn't have an in-house design studio they needed a studio to go do that But in the case of Pininfarina, there's a long history there offering, you know, the the coach on top of the frame. So it was Mm -hmm. it was how it was back in the 20s. I mean, that's why you had all the the Murphy body Duesenbergs, uh, you know, same chassis and frame, but they looked different than each other. The cycle fenders, the design looked very different. But you thought, well, how can that also be a Duesenberg? Well, different coach companies design different things. So that's kind of the origin of where it was. Maybe that car company starting out, Duesenberg, they didn't have stylists; they were engineering, but they just kind of hammered mm-hmm. some sheet metal on. I I say that generally speaking, just as an example, but yeah, it's it still exists to this day. Fresh thinking, fresh take on things, and studios they're not as prolific, and they're they're not many that many around anymore but some of them actually do build their own limited one-offs and they do explore that but they're just they're trying to push the future of design and that's that's what their importance is and i think there will still mm-hmm. always be the custom coach work i still think there will
0: always be a form of that existing in in one way or another. Hmm. very cool uh there's a question that i don't think we have an answer for well I don't think the number's right, but let me throw it out anyway. The legend continues, says, okay, okay, a man walks in (laughs) with a briefcase of cash between (laughs) one or two million dollars to buy out everyday driver from us. What do we do next? The reason I am waffling on this is because I know this sounds completely insane probably, but I don't think that's enough money. <laughs> One yeah. to two million dollars. I just you and I have put a lot of time. We've put more than a decade of our lives into this yeah. show, yeah. into this brand, into honestly engaging with you guys, which you guys are engaging back now through Discord and meetups and all kinds of other things. It's a very special thing to us. Yeah. Very and much so. while yeah. and this look, please please follow my entire line of thinking here because it's gonna begin this out insane. A million dollars is not the crazy money it was even ten years ago.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: it's good money. I'd be I'd be floored. My lifestyle would be different. I would have a lot less worries financially if a million dollars showed up. Oh, sure. But it's not course. like I have a million dollars. I could do whatever. No, I have a million dollars and I need a financial planner. I mean, that's really mm. what happens mm-hmm. at a million dollars. So, uh, it, it'd have to be like crazy money for me to be like, woohoo, take the show. I don't care because you know because <laughs> <laughs> we do care. Right. But, right. but having said that, I think I think I do quite a bit of writing honestly. And I think I'd do a lot of travel. And I yeah, and I suspect yeah. over time those would merge into a combination of travel writing and travel films. Interesting. Because I like the idea. I like the exploratory idea. Like, for I wouldn't necessarily go this hardcore, but one of my all-time favorites is Long Way Round, that Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman rode around the world on motorcycles. Yeah, and the yeah. documentary is frankly... Not that well produced because of the limitations they had at the time of technology and a tiny crew. And it is riveting because mm-hmm. of what they did. And I think of all the places. Just here in the U.S., I've got kind of my own personal list going of roads I want to drive that I don't know when I'm going to get to because they're not near anything. The, you know our, What we did on Mid-Engines and Mountains is not for everybody, but those of you that like it really like it. That is almost more travel log and buddy road film than it is car review. Yeah. Those kind of things I like and I I could see you and I doing uh something transportation related maybe once a year as a special film. That's not even really everyday driver. It's Just you and me do a travel thing. Yeah. But I like yeah. the idea of experiencing travel in an adventure style and documenting that. I think it would be really cool.
1: Interesting. I you're right. I I still think you and I would just need to do a project doing not, you know, a full-time kind of thing, but we'd need to dabble yeah. with yeah. some so. kind yeah. of idea. I think I'd, oh, that's a hard question. But, yeah, given the right amount of money, I'd, I'd definitely travel. You know, it's experiential kind of stuff that, you know, see and do and experience. And there's going to be a lot of food and wine
0: involved, of course. But... Uh, <laughs> you are a man of very good taste. Yes, you are, for sure.
1: It'd be furniture, to be honest. I'd It'd be design for me. Oh, it'd be furniture okay. for me, right. yeah. for things that intrigue me. It wouldn't be, hey, I want to open a furniture design business or do custom pieces. It'd be... Custom one offs just stuff that's rattled around in my head for years that I've sketched out on napkins. They actually sure, fill yeah. up a file. I have designs that I want to go make and try in different materials mm, and very cool. You know, of course, still driving and, you know, attending shows and dabbling with parts and three D printing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But doing more yeah, design yeah. that just stuff that makes me, you know, fire, you know, get excited and I like it. You know, I like it. it, it. Intrigues my my thought process. It, that'd probably be what it is, but wow. What a question. Speaking of which guys, you, you have really made this podcast because of your thoughtfulness and your kindness to us. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. the community sure. that, that we have really. built and we're pretty dang proud of it, to be honest. And we hope you are too, because we definitely consider you all of our, our friends and, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can meet you at, uh, some meetups, come on the pilgrimage trip in the future with us too. And, uh, Yeah, thanks for listening, as always, and uh, for your Topic Tuesdays and your questions. We're going to leave it there, but uh, again, thanks, and we're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.